This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 3. Greetings, conversationalists across the fruited plain. It's Eric Erickson here, and I am glad to have you with me. The phone number is 877-973-7425 if you want to chat. Happy to have you. Uh, NBC News is just now reporting that Kevin McCarthy has decided not to set up a vote on the GOP's shutdown plan, which means... We got a government shutdown in 11 days uh, if he can't come up with a way to get Republicans in the House to back his plan. We'll spend more time on that later. I, I, I want to talk about something else. It is inevitable. I tell you people, it, it happens, and I know some of you don't believe me. Some of you, when I tell you this, you, you're going to instinctively understand this. It, it doesn't matter how I say it. It doesn't matter how many caveats I put on. It doesn't matter how gracious I am in saying it. It does not matter. If I talk about kids being raised by single parents, I am guaranteed to get hate mail from a single mom who feels disrespected. And I, honest to God, believe it says way more about them than me. I try not to be insulting. I try to be understanding. I try to be gracious. I try to acknowledge that uh, very few people want to be a single parent. I have a friend of mine who's a, a great pastor, uh, First Presbyterian Church, Columbia, South Carolina, Derek Thomas, who is my favorite seminary professor. And he said one time that he could forget to preach on Easter or Christmas and no one would have a problem. But if he did not single out Mother's Day for a specific sermon, he would be chased out of his church. He, he, he could ignore Father's Day and people would be fine. But Mother's Day, you, you got to do it or the women of the church, not the men, would chase you out of the church. I can see that in this. No one wants to be a single. Well, I don't know. There have been a few stories out there lately, people who do, but but overwhelmingly, most people, they don't want to be a single mother. They don't want to be a single father. I have had to deal with the worries over time that, thank God, uh, did not bear out on being a single parent. You know, my wife was given six months to live when our daughter was less than a year old. And thankfully, that did not come to be. 
But I mean, even now when she was diagnosed with lung cancer seven years ago, she was given two years to live. And I, I had to conceive of having two kids headed into their teenage years without their mom. No one wants to be a single parent. There is a lot of data now, a growing body of evidence, so much so that even the progressives at the New York Times are starting to worry about it, that kids raised in single-parent households, and particularly, and this is where the sensitivities come in and people get mad and send hate mail, in particular, single moms, that kids underperform. And there's racial data to go along with it as well, that uh, kids in single-parent households and non-white communities do worse than kids in single-parent households of white communities, do worse than kids of two-parent households of non-white communities, do worse than kids of two-parent white communities. The the data at this point, it speaks for itself. I, I, I don't have to point it to you. I don't have to try to nuance it for you. And I'm sure some, uh, it, it happened when I was talking about this subject uh, in an ancillary way. I was talking about it a few weeks ago and I got a letter from a, a lister in Ohio and she was very kind, but boy, she was mad at me for degrading her as a single mom and saying that her kids are more likely to wind up in poverty. It's like, I'm not talking about you lady. I'm talking about demographically as a whole. There are exceptions to every rule. You might be the exceptional single parent superhero whose child's going to be a billionaire. And if so, God bless you and your work ethic and your compassion in raising your children. But you must understand you are the exception to the rule. God bless you for being that exception. God bless you for your family network putting is surrounding you to help you raise your kids or not. But y'all, we got to be able to talk about the subject. It's like talking about black-on-black uh, black violence in Chicago. You do that. Well, you're a racist for talking about how you can't talk about that. You're not of that community. You shut your mouth. Somebody's got to talk about it. And, hey, it's my job to talk about things about which I am passionate. And I am passionate about saving this country. And the data, I don't care if you get offended. I, 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 No matter how graciously I say, some angry woman somewhere is going to send me hate mail for saying it. But the reality is children raised in a single-parent home, they tend to overwhelmingly be raised by single moms. But regardless, kids in single-parent households underperform every other group of kids. And even the New York Times is now saying, we got to do something to help people get married and stay married. Kids of divorced families tend to underperform kids whose parents never get divorced. Even parents who don't like each other but stay in the marriage for the good of the kid, those parents' kids outperform kids in divorced households. And you're not allowed to say that either because, oh, my gosh, half the country's divorced and has kids. And don't you tell me I've screwed up my kid by getting divorced. You don't understand the situation. All I'm telling you is in the broad strokes of life, demographically, the kid who's going to be the boss of all the other kids in America is the kid who has two parents in a heterosexual nuclear household whose parents did not get divorced. And now here's the new data that will blow your mind. You have a family without intergenerational wealth transfer. What does that mean? You have a family where the family historically through generations did not acquire property. 
So they don't have a house. They were renters. They don't have a farm. They were city dwellers. They don't have anything. They rented. They have nothing. They're poor. They live in government housing. We now have a comprehensive multi-generational data set of thousands of families in the United States. And do you know which children are the children who break out of intergenerational poverty? The ones who have a mom and dad at home. The mom and dad stay poor and their child doesn't. This is new data. It's been compiled through studies of thousands of families in this country over multiple generations looking at patterns and practices. And the kids whose parents get married and stay married are the kids who outperform even in poverty. But you want to know the really troubling thing? This is the most disturbing thing now. This is the latest data. The higher your income now, the less likely you are to get divorced or to have a child out of wedlock. The poor in this country are repeating patterns and cycles that keep them in poverty. And now here's the worst part of it all. The government and progressives in cities do not wish to be seen to be talking down to these people and therefore refuse to push intergenerational changes in behavior. Progressives don't want to tell a poor person that you should get married before you have kids because they're judgy. They don't want to be judgy. You live your best life now, and if it's for you to go on and have a kid and you're not married, well, you go on and have a kid even though you're not married. And what they're doing is they're dooming that family to intergenerational poverty. We have screwed up as a society. Not only that, you know, the other interesting aspect of all of this is that we are at the tipping point for global population. Starting in 2025, based on current projections, the world is going to start shrinking. There are going to be fewer and fewer people. We're going to top out about 9 billion people. China is shrinking. Parts of Africa beginning to shrink. It's the only uh, continent where global population continues to go up, and it's starting to slow down. Uh, Indian populations are shrinking. Uh, North American, European, South American populations all shrinking. The Australian and Oceanic the subcontinental region there beginning to shrink. Uh, we're having fewer people. And the problem is, in the 50s, 60s, and 70s in the United States, poor people tended to generationally elevate out of poverty because they got married, they went to church, they kept jobs, they instilled in their children civic values that encouraged their children to do better than the parents. And at this point, poor families in America are breaking up or they're not even getting started. Kids are being produced without moms and dads in the house. And it's starting to have cascading societal impacts, so much so that the New York Times and others are starting to raise red flags that something wrong is happening. Not only that, we're also learning more about the way religion plays in society. And I don't think it's a coincidence that as we move to a post-churched American society, we're seeing the cascading effects of the breakup of families and, and the, the refusal to start families to begin with, where someone will have a kid, but mom and dad won't come together to take care of the kid. You want to know the most surprising details that come out now? This is actually rather stark and, and interesting to me. It is the sexual faith or the sexual identity of people of faith. 
85% of Muslims and 84% of Protestants and 83% of Catholics and generic Christians identify as heterosexual. 53 and 55% of agnostics and atheists do. 22% of agnostics identify as bisexual. 19% of atheists identify as bisexual. 16% of atheists say they're gay. No, 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 I'm sorry. 16% say they're something else. Only 10% say they're gay. Only 7% of agnostics say they're gay. 17% something else. Among Christians, Protestant, Catholic, uh, and generic Christian, 6% say they're something else. 2% or less say they're gay. 7% say they're bisexual. Overwhelmingly, they identify as heterosexual. It is the people of faith in the country, Jews, Orthodox Christians, Mormons, Hindu, Christians, and Muslims, who identify, or, or general religious person. Overwhelmingly, 60% and up say they are heterosexual and they wish to get married and produce kids. It is the, the godless in this country who are not. Not only that, but people who go to church or mosque, temple or synagogue are more likely to get married and stay married. There's something self-fulfilling here. You, you need to see how this plays out. The people who go to church regularly are the ones who have the stable families that don't get divorced, are the ones that have the kids that intergenerationally exceed their parents, who then themselves get married, stay married, have kids who themselves succeed. What's happening is the religious congregants of this country, Muslim, Jew, and Christian, are the ones outpacing the rest of society in terms of intergenerational wealth transfer, in terms of income generation, in terms of stability, in terms of healthy families. It's the people who aren't involved in a faith community who are being left behind, who tend to be more angry, who tend to then see families fall into poverty and once in poverty, don't get out of there. And this is the starkest part of the data that you got to understand is that the people who don't have, don't get married or they get divorced, they have kids, kids out of wedlock, they have a single parent at home, they may start out in the middle class and they wind up in poverty and their kids don't then get back out of poverty. You have two groups of people going in separate directions and the most crazy part of this is, is we know it's not just correlation, it's causation. At this point, the data is too overwhelming. We know that if you're a religious person who goes to temple, mosque, synagogue, or church, you get married, you stay married, you graduate from school, you have a child, you're going to outpace the rest of society. We know that's the case. And yet progressives think it's too judgmental to teach that to our society, that this is the pattern of creating intergenerational wealth transfer. They don't want to talk about it. It sounds too judgy. They'd rather let you have your best life now, even though you take yourself and your family off a cliff. I'm sure someone will send me hate mail for pointing that out. But it's got to be said because the data at this point is so overwhelming, even the New York Times is taking notice of it. I run a small business. You may not realize this radio show is small business, but I've got employees. I got management headaches, hirings of employees, thankfully, no firings. But you got to deal with the management burden sometimes. If you're a small business owner, you probably deal with those headaches as well. And sometimes I've realized it's better to 
outsource to an HR department. So you don't have to be the bad guy. Your employees can like you and you want to deal with an HR department that your employees can like for the most part when they need HR assistance. And you got to think about these things as a small business owner. Let's say somebody isn't showing up when they're supposed to. You don't want to have to be the confrontational bad guy. That's where Bambi comes in. Or an employee reports a serious issue like sexual harassment, and you're not even sure if you got a documented policy. Bambi can take care of those things. With Bambi, you get access to a dedicated HR manager starting at just $99 a month. They're available by phone, by email, real-time chat, so you can do onboardings and terminations that run smoothly. Your team members help coaching for peak performance. Your business stays compliant with changing HR regulations, and they always change. Y'all, Bambi's dedicated HR managers are U.S.-based individuals who are dedicated to your business. So they seem like they're on your team, not just somebody from a different company, but actually on your team with the personal touches you want. So if you need HR assistance for your growing small business, reach out to Bambi, Bambi Bambi.com. Go right now, type in Eric Erickson under podcast when you sign up. It'll help the show. It's spelled Bambi, B-A-M-B-E-E.com, Bambi.com. Type in Eric Erickson under podcast. Start moving your business forward with great, dedicated, team-oriented HR, Bambi.com. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, absolutely happy to have you with me. You want to have your mind blown by something? This is the latest proposal from Democrats. I wish I was making this up. Environmentalists have a great idea that farmers should stop planting corn and plant solar panels instead. Uh, This is an idea from environmentalists in Virginia, essentially saying 30 million acres of farmland is devoted to growing corn for a purpose other than feeding humans and animals. 5 billion bushels a year. Uh, Some of it's processed into ethanol and added to gasoline, some of it for other sources. And so why not get rid of all the farmland used to produce corn for ethanol and put down solar panels? Now, never mind the erosion costs and other environmental issues. Uh, My goodness gracious, this is not a not a wise I, I am all in favor of getting rid of the ethanol subsidy. I, I think it's nonsense. I think it costs too much. Um, it certainly has helped farmers to some degree. Uh, but, you know, they're saying, well, as we move to electric vehicles, we don't need as much ethanol. Get rid of the uh, corn. But that's not necessarily the way it's all done. In some cases, it's based on the farming cycle. In some years, you plant more corn corn for uh, food stuff, and you plant more corn from ethanol in other years. And some farmers only do one or the other. It, it's an impractical idea by the left to get rid of farms producing food crops and put down solar panels. It's happening more and more, and it's going to cut into our costs of food. But, hey, the environmentalists would be happy if we all starve so long as we have battery-powered cars to get us to hell. That's what they want. Now, striving the market's insane, among other things, with the turmoil out there. Have you thought about using precious metals? It's not a good fit for everybody, but if it is for you, to ease the ebbs and flows of the stock market and, and the wild swings and in inflation and costs, 
there's always a value attached to gold and silver. Swiss America has been the leader in precious metals in this country for 40 years. They want to get you into it. They've got a great deal right now, a walking liberty half dollar. It's only $13.50. It is a silver coin minted by the U.S. Mint. I've got one. And they're gorgeous coins. They make great collector's items. But more than that, they actually hold their value. Silver does. The gold does. You can get into silver and gold and start putting it into your portfolio. There are rules for IRAs and 401ks and how you store them that Swiss American can help you with. Or if you just want a $13.50 silver coin to give to your kids or grandkids as a way to get them into precious metals or a great gift, you can get it with Swiss America. Limit 250 per coins per customer. To get it, you call 800-289-2646. You mentioned my name, Eric. 800-289-2646. You can also text my name, Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to 800-289-2646. Message and data rates apply. Or you can just go to SwissAmerica.com slash Eric today. You can also get their unbelievable report uh, on how the government and corporations are colluding to keep you from using cash and force you into plastic. Big deal there. Or call them, 800-289-2646 or SwissAmerica.com slash Eric. Hello there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Um, I am going to dramatically switch gears here. Um, so just just buckle down. This isn't a difficult point, but apparently it is for some people, for a lot of people, apparently. And I've thought about how to engage this topic with you. And so here's here's what I want to say. So I put up, we put up, uh, Philip actually cut it up, part of my monologue yesterday about the um, uh, about the Lauren Boebert situation, which you should know that, um, well, Lauren Boebert now says it was a first date. Um, and you know, scriptures for those of you who are believers, first Corinthians five says that if you're a believer, you got to hold people who hold themselves out as believers to a higher standard. I want to play for you though, the clip that we put up because I am I'm, I'm surprised anybody takes issue with it. I, I'm actually really surprised anybody would, but this is what we actually put up online that people responded to, you need to hear this. Of the degradation of our society when we refuse to hold our own degenerates accountable. Either we hold our side accountable or we give up any moral claim to good behavior. The Democrats have given up their moral claims to good behavior. They're only attacking Lauren Boebert as a hypocrite, that she claims values, then she clearly doesn't hold them. I go after Susanna Gibson and Lauren Boebert for the same thing. They're both immoral Degenerates. We don't need them in legislative office. You can't keep stacking degenerates into your party in the legislature and then lament the decline of the United States. A lot of you are are upset about the moral decline of the United States, and yet you want to keep voting for immoral people. I'm not saying don't vote for a, a sinless person. There is no sinless person. But when the sins of the person are flaunted, when they, they don't practice what they preach, when they are a hypocrite in those areas, you probably do need to hold a better standard. Didn't think a lot of people could disagree with that, but boy, did people disagree with it. Some of the comments that were left on Instagram for that, you should be following me on Instagram. Uh, that was it for me. Goodbye, Eric.
for me saying you shouldn't keep voting for moral degenerates unless you want to keep perpetuating moral degeneracy. That was it. Uh, another one. Nope, I'm not the morality police. Another one. Not enough Boy Scouts. I'm going to go with a big tent. Okay, look. L- let me let me just explain myself and this point to you. Do you believe that what the Democrats are doing is evil? Do you think the transitions of children is evil? Do you think abortion is evil? Do you think coercing the free market and driving up socialism in this country, is it evil? If you're, if you're nodding that it's evil, you're making a moral claim. What is evil? Evil is the absence of God. Now, others have other definitions for it. Evil is, is a, a wicked nature, evil is something like that. But, but it's, it's founded on morality. The idea of evil is founded on morality. People make a moral claim. And when you say we don't need to have a moral person, we just need someone to stop the Democrats. We need someone to stop the left. I don't care about them being a preacher or something. You just need to stop the Democrats. Why? Because you have a difference of opinion on public policy or because what you think they're doing is wrong at a moral level. If you say it's wrong, it's if it's not just a public policy disagreement, if you think it's deeper than that, you're making your disagreement a moral claim. You can deny it, but your options are this. Either I disagree with their public policy and wish to take the country in a different direction, or I think they're bad and evil. Bad or evil. Bad and evil. If bad, you're saying something else is good. Why is it good? Because it does something healthy for society in general. It does something healthy for families. Not at a public policy level, but at a a soul level, it does something good. That's a moral claim. So if you're going to continue to say, well, I'm not the morality police. Far be it for me to judge. Jesus said, judge not lest ye be judged. Take the plank out of your own eye first. So I'm going to go vote for these people. I don't care about them. They're just going to vote the right way. You're making a moral claim and sending immoral people to do your moral bidding. Guess what happens? Look where we are. You all blame the Republicans and Democrats alike for putting this country in a crapper. For the first time ever, 45% of Americans blame both parties. That's never been done before. Usually it's the Democrats blame Republicans. Republicans blame the Democrats. 45% of the country right now blames both parties. Say both parties have contributed to a decline in this country, not just economic, but a moral, a spiritual, a cultural decline. If so, if that's your position to then say, well, I'm not a moral policeman. I don't police morality. I'm just going to go vote for someone who's going to vote my way. Guess what you're going to get? If you're sending the immoral to advocate for morality, you're not going to get that. You do have to make the choice. Judge not lest ye be judged is perhaps the most misinterpreted line of Scripture in all the Bible. You know, you go from judge not lest ye be judged to 1 Corinthians 5 where Paul says judge. Actually, Jesus himself says you got to judge. Jesus says don't throw pearl before swine. That means you have to make a judgment call on is this person worth sharing truth with. 
The whole point of judge not lest ye be judged is the judgment was not just making a claim as to whether or not someone was good or bad, but were they going to heaven or hell? Because judgment of the Roman era also involved sentencing. So the judgment there was not just this person is moral or immoral, but this person's going to heaven or hell, something you can't do. But you can certainly decide this person is not a person of good character. The, the, the way some people want to hide behind that judge not lest ye be judged to say, oh, I can't make a claim as to this person's character. Never mind they're a serial killer. They vote my way, and they're the best guy for the job because they fight. They know how to slash. I'm going to send that guy to Washington. That's where this winds up. It used to actually be in this country uh, for, for a very long while that people understood this intuitively. They got this, that that this isn't a claim of I, I, I'm not making a claim that this person is going to heaven or hell. I don't know their heart, but I can make a claim that this is an immoral person. And this person, if they're not going to be faithful to their husband or their wife, they're probably not ultimately going to be faithful to me. They're probably behind the scenes not going to behave in ways that I think are edifying, in ways that get me ultimately what I want. And what it amazes me at this point is we have a whole bunch of people in this country on both sides, but particularly on the right because the right still makes more moral claims than the left. The right tends to be a family of what? Pro-family, pro-faith party. If you are a pro-family and pro-faith party, you make moral claims. The left is full of the degeneracy you don't like because they've given up on morality. It's moral relativism. If it's good for you, okay. If it's if it's not for you, okay. But don't you dare tell anyone else it's not good. People on the right, like, for example, those of you whipped into a frenzy over transgenderism, it's, it's a moral claim. It's not just scientific. It, it, there's more to it. That that men are men and women are women. It goes beyond science to the very essence of humanity, to God created us in his image. Therefore, it's immoral, not just scientifically wrong, to give a kid transition drugs. You can't make those claims anymore premised on morality, though, if you're willing to look at an immoral person and say, that's my ticket to power. I just want you to think about this. I was a little bit flabbergasted. The point should not have been controversial. If you keep sending and defending moral degenerates, you're going to get moral degeneracy. If you keep sending to Washington to represent you, people of bad character, don't expect Washington to advance good character. If you keep sending to Washington people who behave badly and it comes out publicly, and they don't change their ways, don't expect to see good things. If you're concerned about the spiritual decline of the nation and you keep sending people in spiritual decline to Washington, you're going to get more of the same. That shouldn't be a controversial point. But the way some people have rationalized getting around it is, well, I'm not the judgment police. Who am I to judge? Jesus said, judge not lest you be judged. In the particular case of someone like Lauren Boebert, however, 1 Corinthians 5 says if someone holds themselves out as a Christian and behaves in immoral ways, you are to judge them. That specifically is said in Scripture. You are to judge people who claim to be people of faith. And you are to have nothing to do with them. It's different for people who say they're not of the faith. 
But regardless of whether you're of the faith or not, whether you're a Christian or not, if you are making moral claims about the Democrats' policies, you can't then say, I'm going to send an immoral person to Washington who votes the right way because that signals to the voters of America you don't really care about the morality of what the Democrats are doing. You don't really care. But then there's a larger point here that has to be made as well. There are a lot of you listening right now who don't care. Maybe, maybe you've already changed the channel. You're like, oh, he's, he's back on this. Not going to listen to this. Not going to listen to him on his moral claims. I just want someone who's going to vote the right way. Here's your problem. Is there are a large number of people in the country who put up with this for too long, and they're like, I'm done. They may say, well, I voted for Trump twice, and look where it got me. I'm, I'm done. I'm not going back to him. So those of you who want to win on the right have to deal with those like myself and others who are saying, yeah, I'm, I'm tired of having to, to vote for the lesser of two evils. I'm still voting for evil. I'm done with it. I want to f- look, we're all sinners. We all fall short, but I want someone better than that. Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker was the Republican Senate candidate for Georgia in 2022. I can't tell you the number of particularly female church-going Christians who refused to vote for him because of all of his problems, they found him not to be an upstanding moral person. And Republicans lost the Senate because Herschel Walker lost. You yourself may not care about the morality of the candidate. You may say, I'm not going to judge because I'm going to twist Scripture instead to get me out of having to make a moral moral vote or a moral claim on someone. But there are a lot of people on the Republican side, on the right, who are tired of constantly being told you got to vote for the lesser of two evils, and they've just decided, I'm not going to vote for evil. i got to choose between the evil of two lessers or the lesser of two evils. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to choose. I'm just going to stay home. And a lot of them stayed home in 2022 in Georgia and got Raphael Warnock reelected to the United States Senate. So you yourself may have decided, I don't care about sending moral degenerates to Washington as long as they vote my way but you're not even going to get the chance to send the moral degenerate to Washington because a lot of people who are otherwise on your team, they're not going to vote for that person. So you better get to the point of figuring out how to do better or else you're going to keep losing because you've burned out the goodwill of a lot of people who went two terms for Trump and are now done with getting their hands dirty in politics that they find more and more distasteful and see even rampant more immorality even within the Republican Party growing, and they would rather sit on the sidelines than have to deal with both parties who they both think are causing problems. So clean up your own house and signal to voters you get it, or keep losing to a party that says morality, who cares? Let's just have a good time and castrate our kids. Now, before I go to commercial break, there's just no way to transition from one to the other, but I got to tell you about the Eden Pure 360 fan because it's a heater and a cooler. It gets up to 90 degrees. It only weighs 7.8 pounds. It blasts air up to 33 feet. It's controlled with a remote control. It heats and it cools because it pushes air through super quietly. I've been using this thing for a while now. They wanted to do this last year with me. They, they sent me one last year, and it was fantastic. They sent me a new one this year. It's the same fan, though, but they had supply chain problems, and so they couldn't produce enough for the demand. I advertised it like two weeks. There was so much demand for it, they had to stop because 
They just couldn't keep up with the supply chain. It's that good. It re, it can heat up a thousand square feet. It can also cool it down by circulating the air greatly. If you want one, you go to EdenPureDeals.com and you put in the discount code Eric360. E R I C K 360. You get over $25 off the lowest listed price. You get free shipping. It's EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code E R I C K 360. You get the uh, Eden Pure 360. It heats, it cools, it circulates the air, it's whisper quiet, and it just works. EdenPureDeals.com, discount code ERIC360. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. I, I got to tell you guys, my so to, this is Spirit Week at my kids' school in the run-up to homecoming on Friday. For those of you listening, uh, WRD in Greenville, South Carolina. Well, now I guess like in North or South Carolina, your signal's so huge up there. I mean, you cover everybody in both states at this point, it seems like. I was supposed to come up this week for the Bacon and Bourbon Festival. I can't believe I didn't know this thing existed. I would have been up long before now, even before I was on the station. There's a Bourbon and Bacon Festival in Greenville, South Carolina uh, this Friday. And I was supposed to go, but my daughter, it's her senior year, and she got uh, put on the homecoming court. So instead of eating bacon and drinking bourbon with you guys, I got to stand on a football field on Friday night and sweat in a suit with my kid. Uh, And then I have to chaperone the homecoming dance on Saturday because I'm a member of a golf club, and, and they asked me if I could get the space available for the homecoming dance. I didn't know if I if the, since it's my event I got to be there the whole time for a freaking homecoming dance. But it's spirit week at school. And my son went in a ghillie suit. <laughs> He's not a hunter. Although um my my buddy a, a certain federal judge who might be listening right now uh was going to take him hunting last year and, and it just he was sick the whole time and couldn't do it and so he didn't. But now he's like I got a ghillie suit. I got to go hunt with with Judge Tripp, so um, I, I, I guess we're going to have to go hunting uh, when, when it comes around. Since he's a kid, he can start before the rest of us. But he's got this ghillie suit. I mean, he wore the mask. He's got the, the shirt. He's got the pants. And I was really, really hoping all of his teachers marked him absent today. I, I was just like, should I email him? Would they get it? And and I just got a text message from the principal that um, that everybody's like walking in the hallways, bumping into my kids. So today was you could wear patriotic stuff or you could wear camo. It's technically camo day, but for some reason they decided to go. You could wear patriot stuff too. Not all the kids wanted to wear camouflage. So some kids are in American flags. My kids in a ghillie suit. And the principal says all the kids are walking into him in the hallway. Going, oh, I didn't see you there. <laughs> Like, well done. Well done, kids. Oh, my gosh. Um, one, how did my kids get this old? And two, Mike's son has just the craziest, funniest sense of humor. And it's it's funny watching kids grow up. I'm going to be real honest with you. Like, a lot of people say, oh, your kid is at the cute stage when they're two years old and you're still changing their diaper and they've got poop leaking. Other, No, no, no. Uh, the teenage years, all my friends said your kids would never talk to you when they got to be teenagers. Mine, number one, won't shut up. But two... It's just so much fun. Uh, my son and I, last night, we hung out in the hot tub. Thank you, Georgia Spa Company. We, we sat in the hot tub, and we watched the Steelers game and just visited. And it's just he's got the funniest sense of humor. I enjoy hanging out with my kids uh, now that they're teenagers. But, my gosh, they won't stop talking. And I guess that's a good thing. But on occasion, I just like the sound of silence. And they don't seem to get that. So 
In any event, my kid is wandering the hallways at school being bumped into by everyone because he's in a ghillie suit, and everybody's pretending they don't see him, and I know it's got to be cracking him up hilariously. I just wish everyone had listed him as absent today. All right, that's enough. Sorry, Greenville, I can't be there on, on Friday, but I'll get up there. See you guys tomorrow. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.